Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. As you may have noticed, this isn't the usual host, Paul McDonald. He's still poorly, he's got a very sore throat after screaming at his stream of last Sunday night's somewhat dire game. He has said that he wished he was with us here in spirits, although he didn't actually specify whether that spirit would be whiskey, gin or rum. I'm Kev Nalon, and alongside me this evening are Cat Victorino and Rob Newell. Good evening to the pair of you. Hello Hi, Kev. there. After another record-setting game in Week 13 for all the wrong reasons, in which the 49ers managed to capitulate to a bare side in a cold and snowy soldier field, we were unable to record the usual review show on Monday due to various illnesses. Having had time to reflect, we won't ask the host of the show tonight to talk directly about the game on Sunday. First up, Rob will read out the message from the Facebook group posted by Mike Graff not long after the game. Following the result against the Bears at the weekend, I, like most of us, couldn't figure words that could sum up what we were feeling. Fortunately, some members of our Facebook group could. I'd like to share one of those posts with you now. This was posted by Mike Graff just after the game had finished. I understand we tried to look for positives, but really, there are none. This is it. This is the first time I'm actually feeling pissed off. The Bears suck, and they made us look like the fools that we are. The play calling sucked. The execution sucked. The penalties sucked. The defense sucked. The demeanor and spirit of the team sucked. I shut the crap off with two minutes left to watch the Chiefs game. Probably the first time I ever willingly missed a snap in a 49er game. I'm disgusted. The Bears were not the better team before today. We should have won. I am now convinced that this is the worst 49er team I have ever seen. It's a damn shame because it didn't have to be this way. Later on, Lisa Walker-Lawrence posted a long and powerful message to the Facebook group of her experience at the game in the cold icy weather in Chicago. She has kindly recorded this message for the show. Hi, my name is Lisa Walker-Lawrence. I am a lifelong 49er fan, born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. I currently live part of the time in London in the UK and in Chicago. I went alone to the game on Sunday at Soldier Field against the Bears. This is what I wrote on Monday morning. I sat in row 10 of section 110 right behind the Niner bench yesterday at Soldier Field. The snow was moderate at first, then gained momentum as the game went on. A heavy wet snow, more of a nuisance than anything. I watched the Niner bench all through the game, from pre-game to post-game. The spirit on the bench before the game started was pumped up. The players were dancing, banging each other on the chest pads, and otherwise feeling positive. We had a chance to win this. Then the game started. Same old, same old. Penalties, sacks, missed opportunities. The stadium announcer kept mixing up Hyde and Drone's names but we were ahead by two Dawson field goals just before the end of the half. Then the Bears came back with a touchdown, and the rest was history. The Niner bench looked different at the start of the second half. A bit deflated, less confident, cold, and wet. The Bears marched on. It was a wet, muddy, cold mess. There were four drunk guys, two rows in front of me. They were relentless. Nobody ever bothered me and I've been bothered plenty at Soldier Field in the past. Early in the fourth, security came down and told the guys to tone it down and leave. 
They were violating the code of conduct. Secretly, I knew what they were saying was actually true, and I felt ashamed of myself for thinking that. I decided I was going to leave early, something I never, ever do. But I wanted to get away from the team, the snow, back to my car and the heated seats, everything. Then I saw Gabbert warming up behind the bench. Soon he moved up front to the line with his helmet on. Uh Uh-oh, I can't leave now. Sure enough, our offense went out, Gabbert jogging out to take over for the benched cap. The drunk guys didn't even notice until several plays. Time was down to about seven minutes and change. The jerks left, as did most everyone else. I moved down to the first row next to a guy in a Frank Gore jersey. I couldn't believe how close I was. The mood was depressed. The players were cold, wet, miserable. I looked at the players, so many I don't even know. I thought of all my 49er heroes from back in the day, some days not all that long ago. I wondered what all those guys thought. I thought of all the head coaches, most of whom I loved, some I did not. I felt sick at the thought of what Bill Walsh would have thought. I saw Chip walking back and forth all during the game. I honestly didn't know his father passed away on Friday. I might have been less harsh with my thoughts of him. The clock ticked down. I sat all throughout the game with my parka unzipped so my Jerry Rice jersey would show that I was there, a real fan, trying to support my team in any way that I could on a miserable Chicago afternoon. Several players looked right at me when I was down in the front row. A player came off the offense and immediately was wrapped up in a big 49er cape. I couldn't see his number. He looked at me and shrugged his shoulders. So did I. Just seconds left now. Joe Staley came off the field and took his helmet off. He walked up to the bench and our eyes met. He sort of stared at me for a minute and then put his head down and shook it slowly back and forth. I think he was apologizing. I could have cried. I knew how I felt and I think I understand how he felt. The players want to win for us, for the Bay Area, for the team. We have nothing. We are nothing. We are beyond team building. We have no morale, no hope. We have a front office who probably didn't come out to cold Chicago for the game, who don't give a shit. They sit together somewhere smugly thinking they're doing everything they can. They aren't. They should see the catastrophe that is the San Francisco 49ers football team. What's in store for them, for us? Probably not much. I think how we got to the Super Bowl just three years ago and how proud I was to be at that game. I think of how far we have fallen and there doesn't seem to be a bottom yet. I could feel the disappointment, shame, lack of direction, loss of hope, and utter capitulation. I stayed there until the end of the game, frozen and wet through to the skin and heart. They left the field after the handshakes and were gone. I felt numb in body and mind as I walked back to the car park a mile and a half away. Even the thought that the third losingest team beat the second losingest team didn't help. We're at rock bottom and still falling. But they are my Niners. In good times and bad. It's like a marriage. You have to hang in there. I've been a Cubs fan for nearly 17 years. 
I know we always say or said, maybe next year. Well, I'm saying maybe in many years. But I'll be watching the good games, the bad, the draft, the summer camps. I'll be watching and hoping we build a team in the future we can be proud of, root for, and revel in. But right now, all I can do is drop my head and shake it slowly back and forth. Niner faithful, wherever, however, forever. Thanks for that, Lisa. That seems to really capture the mood and sentiment that I think we all feel. And we all really appreciate you sharing your experience of the game with us in this way. We just hope the heated seats of the car defrosted you somewhat on the journey home. There is really nothing more for us to add about the Bears game. And so we'll move on to the preview of this Sunday's game, where after a two-week road trip to the East Coast, the 49ers are back at the field of Jeans, where they will take on the 3-9 New York Jets, who themselves took a 41-10 battering in the Monday night game against the Colts. Jets come into this game on a losing streak of their own, having lost their last four games. Does that losing streak, alongside the fact they've had a short week after their Monday night game, and they've faced a slip across the country for this game, give any hope for a 49ers victory? Rob? There's always reason to be cheerful. Um, you got to. you got to as a 49er fan. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, the Jets, if we look at them, I mean, yeah, they got, she's quite rightly said, Kev, they got walloped by the Colts. And it shows what what you can do with a decent quarterback and a wide receiver. But um, I think we've got, was it Ryan Fitzpatrick got yanked out of that game? And they played Bryce Petty. I mean, they're going to be in the quarterback position very similar to our own, surely. With Petty and Hackenberg or whatever it is. <laughs> I think reading this week, they are looking at, they're going to be starting um, Perry for the rest of the season. Well, that should give us, there's, there's a reason to be cheerful, surely. He's, um, I mean, unfortunately, obviously, Fitzpatrick likes to throw the ball to the other team more than, more than his own. But, but Petty's not experienced and, if we, if we can get after any quarterback, it's got to be that one, surely. You'd hope so, yes. Kat, what do you think? Well, looking at the comparisons, um, we're pretty evenly matched up in terms of yards per game um, and time of possession with the, the Jets having a slight edge in passing yards. But of course, with Caps legs, we have the uh, rush yards per game advantage there. So I think what's really going to be the big difference in the game is going to be the defense. Can we stop them? Um, we have a little bit of, of an edge on them in terms of third down conversions and points per game. So cross fingers, we can pull it off. Okay. So all time, we are 10-2 and two against the Jets. And the last meeting was a 34-0 shutout in New Jersey in 2012. Is there any chance we can pull off a similar victory here this weekend, Kat? Why not? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a hard time of year sitting one in, where we are with only one win. Um, but you gotta give, you gotta keep hoping because they're there to to do a job, and you can honestly think that the team is is probably feeling like, yeah, last week was awful. We need to to kick it up a notch. Maybe that's the motivator that they need. And Rob, do you reckon we can go back to our week one performance and have another shutout? 
shutout might be difficult. I think we can win, though. Um, if we look at the, the Jets, they're very good up front on the defensive line. So it's going to be difficult for Carlos Hyde. And if maybe if Cap can get a few draws and runs that way. But at the secondary of the Jets, even though they got Mr. Rebus, is not what it used to be. And i got a sneaky feeling... Mr. Curley on our team going back against his old old club. May want to prove a point against that secondary. Indeed. Rebus Island is looking more and more like a continent. It's a holiday destination now for wide receivers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So do, you, do we think that Tory Smith can have a game for us this week if we actually allow um, Cap to throw to him? Yeah. We, um, he's got the pace. He can totally get past that. We haven't seen it much this season, but... Why not? He's got, we've got to do something different. It's time me to say that defensive line's going to be coming for him. But if Cap can certainly get some of those throws off, I can see Smith getting getting clear of that secondary. And so even if he just stretches the field and gets the un- Quinton Patton and Jeremy Curley some space to move and exploit underneath. And Cap, do you think that the fact that Tory Smith's just been named as the 49ers um, entrant in the Walter Payton Man of the Year might spur him into actually a better performance this weekend? Probably a good uh, motivator. That plus, isn't he a free agent at the end of the year? He's getting to that time. I'd yes. have to look that up. Yeah. So there's a very good chance that he really wants to sell what's left in the tank for him. Um, so yeah, I could see him having a breakaway game. Okay. Well, the last few weeks have seen us go from the least penalised team in the league to now being midway up the table. Can we halt this trend in undiscipline and in doing so revitalise our chances of winning a game? Cat. I hope, I hope, hope, hope that they have taken a lot away from the film from last week's game and um, have decided that, yeah, we can, we can, we are better than this and we can rise above this, if not for anyone, for their fans. And Rob, what do you think? think about our slide into indiscipline on our penalties. Do you think we can pull it back for the rest of the season? Get back to how we started the season? We can. I think the penalties come about as as players get frustrated with how games are going. And I think if you look at the the stats, they're probably occurring later in games when games as a whole, when the games are going away from us. If we can keep this tight and get close, the players will be more in it mentally. And I think I can see us... Well, hopefully, if we, this is one of our last chances to win a game, surely. So we could draw a line under last week and just move on. And it's got to, the line in the sand's got to be drawn. Okay, so looking back, the Jets have only ever won in California against us once, back in 1983. What do we need to keep that run going on Sunday, Rob? First thing we've got to do is look at stopping Matt Forte. He's a he's dual threat out of the backfield. I know he's getting on for a running back, but he's still got the ability. And he gets spelled occasionally by Bilal Powell as well. But stop stop Matt Forte, especially with a young quarterback. The running game's going to be his best friend. We can stop him, which is, isn't our strength all season, admittedly. Yes, it's not been our forte. No, hopefully he won't be our forte either this time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, if, we, we, if we can stop the running game, Brandon Marshall's going to be left getting frustrated and and we know how he reacts when he gets wound up. So I think that's got to be the key. We've got to stop the Jets running game. I don't think that Bryce Petty's anything to worry about as a quarterback. And that's that's the key. And then we've got to find our passing game. 
but I find it difficult to run on them ourselves outside of sort of design run plays. The unscripted ones where Cap can break break off and run aside, I think we just sort of try and find that passing game. Look to get the tight ends involved over the middle because they're beginning to get some good big plays and just keep exploiting their secondary. Okay, so Cap. Hmm. Well, I think, um, let me just add to that real quick. Um, I think whether we win or lose Sunday is really going to depend on what defensive team we see on the field for the 49ers. If they can do what they need to do to stop the run, you know, keep that passing game in check, I think that's going to be the game breaker right there. And what would be the one thing that you would want the 49ers to do to turn last week's defeat into a victory? Stop the stupid mistakes. The penalties have got to go. They cannot get so out of the game like that that it's just undisciplined play. Rob? I was going to say here, here, to be honest. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. So our game isn't in the pick six this week. I think we were one one choice away from it managing to squeak in, but it didn't quite make it. Oh, D-back would be pleased. (laughs) So therefore, I'm going to ask you your picks for the 49ers against the Jets. Unpredicted scores for this week. So, cat. Oh, you're going to go to me first. Well, I'm going to take a tie, and I'm going to say it's going to be 9-9. Okay, so you're not expecting a lot of touchdowns, then? Uh-uh. No. I think we're going to have to rely on Phil Dawson, so... Yes. Okay, Rob. Well, I was going to go low scoring as well, and I had nine in my head, so I'm going to have to change that now. Um... <laughs> Nine's my lucky number, so... <laughs> So it's like enjoying Paul and keeping the man card. I'm going to go 49ers to win, and I'm going to say 16-9. Okay, I was going to go for a slightly higher scoring game, uh, but not greatly. I was going to go 21-20 in favour of the 49ers. Does that mean we're doomed then? If I, if I picked you, then yes, then probably we are. Uh, speaking of picks and doom... Let's move on to the pick six to go through last week's results. So in week 13, we got two people who got five. There were no pick sixes this week after the glut the previous week. James Little was five out of five going into the late night game. Um, But unfortunately, the Cardinals beat the Redskins, so he finished on five. He was joined on five by James Waters, who only missed out due to him picking the 49ers. Overall, it was a tough week. There wasn't a lot of high scores. Um, Rob, you managed three. So did I, amazingly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Paul, Cat, Brian and Deepak all ended up with two last week. Yeah. So Paul dropped out of his three average. He now he's averaging below three. So he's not going to be happy. He's going to have to try and get a four this week to get back there. Um, overall, David Foster also only managed three, but that was enough to put him back out in the lead by himself on 48. Mark Leon and Mark Court are just one point behind on 47. There are a couple on 46 and three on 45. Elsewhere, Brian's on 42, Rob's on 41, Deepak's on 40, 
Cat and Paul are still joined at the hip on 38. <laughs> and I've now managed to break through the massive 30 barrier and I'm on 31. So, moving on to week 14's games. The six games we have, we've got three of the early kickoffs. We've got the Steelers at the Bills, the Redskins at the Eagles, the Bengals at the Browns. We've got two of the later games, the Falcons at the Rams and the Seahawks at the Packers. And then we've got the Sunday night game of the Cowboys at the Giants. Now, I did speak to Paul earlier, but due to the fact he had a very, very croaky voice, I'm fairly sure that he said tie for all six games. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, there may have been something lost in translation, but I think that's what we're going to go for. They had a tie in all six games. Um, I also spoke to um, Deepak before he eventually posted his ones on the um, Facebook page. For each of the games, he started with the home side, talked himself into the away side, went back to the home side, and then he ended up with a muddle because he changed his mind so many times. So his normal kind of flip-flopping in the picks. So on to game one, the Steelers at the build. Rob. First. Um, I've not done this live on air. This is going to be interesting. Um... I like the Bills. I've got to be honest. I do like the Bills. Um, I'm not. I know other people don't rate them, but I think they're a pretty good team. At home, they're pretty tough to beat. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the Bills. To, this is. It's very Buffalo way to lose in Oakland and then come back and beat Pittsburgh. So I'm gonna go Bills. Okay. Cut. I'm gonna go Steelers. I still think the Steelers are running strong, and um, I, I think they can handle the Bills. So, Kat, you'll be disappointed to know that I've also gone for the Steelers. Damn it! <laughs> There's a reason I say my picks last. <laughs> so, yeah, Dang, I can't lot. change it. <laughs> well, lone wolf the Bills in. <laughs> okay, moving on to game two. A division rivalry as the Redskins um, show up at the Eagles. Cat. Oh, God. This is hard. Um, the Redskins have been coming on as of late, um, but both teams are pretty mediocre. My gut says go with the home team, but I think just for the heck of it, I'm going to go with the Redskins. Okay. Rob. That's a tough one. Um, it's in Philly, yeah? It's in Philly, yep. Yeah, I do like to look at Carson Wentz as a quarterback. I think he's done well as a rookie. Um, the Eagles' defense is struggling at the moment. I'm going to join Cat and take the Redskins on the road. Okay. Um, the Redskins have been playing quite well recently. Eagles have been on a bit of a slide. We'd we both be pleased to know that I've plumped for home field advantage and gone for the Eagles. Mm. Game three. Another division rivalry. We've got the Bengals at the Browns. Rob. Bengals at Browns. So if if Cleveland win, it's the, it's the irrelevant ball. It yeah. is. But if Cleveland win, do they, do they do we get the number one pick? Yes. If the Browns were to win and we were to lose, then we would get to that number one draft position because the Browns have a stronger strength of schedule than we do at the moment. And if we end up level with them at the end of the season. I think we will still be ahead of them in the draft. The logic, logic dictates that it's very difficult to go zero and sixteen. And the, the Bengals—they've lost. 
we've lost AJ Green and Gio Bernard. Um, and Burfitt could get thrown out of any game at any moment. And I like the look at Terrell Pryor for the Browns. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go Browns to win at last. <laughs> okay, cut. Love it. Um, I love that you're trying to apply ro- logic to this game. <laughs> um, God, I don't know. I honestly, my gut says the Bengals, so I'll, I'll listen to my gut this time. Okay. And I've gone for the Browns, as I've done every time they've been <laughs> available to pick. Now, the Browns haven't been available to pick very many times this season, but I'm going to stick with... They've got to win at some point. Even the tie comes around occasionally, Kev, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I managed to get a tie <laughs> correct this season. So, a Browns victory, I mean, that's got to be a gimme at some point. So, yep, I'm going to go for the Browns win. Game four, what used to be a division rivalry in our division. It's the Falcons at the Rams. Cat. And I don't like either team. <laughs> but I think I'm going to have to... Ugh. I'm going to have to take the Falcons, I think. Okay. Rob? In LA? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so at home, it'll be all slam dunk Falcons. Um, they lost in, to a pick two, didn't they? They did indeed. They're going to yes. be a little bit annoyed. I'm going to say revenge for the Falcons and they win this one. Okay. <laughs> well, you're both pleased to know that I think this is exactly the kind of game where the Rams pull something out of their posterior that nobody expects. I'm going to go for a Rams home victory. Game five. So those pesky Seahawks at a recently improving Packers. Rob. Seahawks at Packers. Fail Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Rogers has looked better recently. L. Thomas is out for the season now, isn't he? Yep. Only because he's in my fantasy team and I need the points. I'm going to go Green Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kat. I'm going to go Green Bay too, Packers as well. I I cannot pick the Seahawks. I just can't do it. Yep, and that's mainly my reason for having a clean sweep here and Packers all round is I can't pick the Seahawks too nasty to do. Which brings us on to game six. The Cowboys... Trying to avenge their only loss this season at the Giants. Cat. I cannot pick the Cowboys. There is no way on this earth I could pick the Cowboys ever. Um, I'm taking the Giants, yeah. I think they can do it again. Okay, Rob. Yeah. Um, I think I know that you're about to pick a tie for this one. So I'm going to try. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think yeah, I think the deduction laws kind of point this out. Yeah, right? You can't pick either of these teams, can you? <laughs> um, I agree with Cat. I can't pick Dallas, and I quite like watching Beckham play when he's not being empty. But so I'm going to take the Giants. I think they can do it again. Yes, as already pointed out, I hadn't picked a tie already this week, so this is my tie of the week, and it's basically because there's no way on God's green earth I can pick either of these teams. But what I reckon will happen is, after we beat the Jets in the early game, their fans all descend on the Meadowlands and tear the stadium to pieces while the Cowboys-Giants game's going on and it has to be a bang. (laughs) 
That's wishful thinking, I know, but uh, you can always hope. Okay, so that concludes this week's pick six. Uh, That's it for this week's show. Thanks to audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell, James Little, Mark Lyon, Andrew Mitchell, Graham Ross, Paul MacDonald for all the work they do on the group and the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook, search The Frequency49 Show. So, time to say goodbye, people. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, on behalf of Cat Victorino and Rob Newell, with special guest voice appearance from Lisa Walker-Lawrence, I've not been Paul MacDonald, you've been the audience, and this has been The Frequency49 Show. Goodbye for now.